G'day guys, welcome back to TK's Playbook, where I break down the winners, losers and black bookers from each game of the round. Now, the Playbook article is brought to you by Game Day Squad. Create, coach, compete in fantasy footy, be the coach and win. Download the app and play now. Now, round three, I'm going to call this bounce back round. Now, I scored a 844, which is pretty decent, rank 7,951. Now, I was pretty good considering I captain Hopgood and also have 618k in the bank. So, after being ranked 17,924 after round two, I've literally cut that in half, so I'm pretty happy with that. Ranking right now, guys, but isn't that important. Just remember, Rome wasn't built in a day, so just continue to pick up some good cashies and some good assets, and I think over the course of the season, we've still got 24 rounds to go, I think we will actually start making up ground, particularly for those who know how to play the buy rounds quite well. So at the moment, my thought process Eventually, over the next couple of weeks, I think I will be downgrading one of the mids to generate a little bit more cash. I think building a squad of 21 men might be more crucial than we actually thought, particularly around all the buys. For any of us, just a reminder before I get into any more fantasy chat, we're going to be in New Zealand this week, so I can't wait. I've only been to the airport a few times, but never stepped out onto Auckland soil. So... Anyone heading out to the Warriors-Dogs games, hit me up. We'll be doing a live podcast from Garrison Public House from 12 p.m. prior to the game. So actually, the podcast will start at 1, beers at 12. So I'd love to meet any of the people that are going to the game that day. Now, trades on my mind. I actually do have 618K in the bank. So trades on mine at the moment. Tricky Trindle to either SJ or Reynolds. Probably SJ at the moment to generate even more cash. And he's going to have... I think he might even be in a negative break even. If not a negative, he's going to be in a very low break even for this week. I think just in the, around that zero. He, yeah, well, his break even was 19 this week and he scored 59. So be interesting to see where that lies. The other one is probably Matt Dory, considering he's injured. I wouldn't mind it if he's, if he's actually playing. I'll probably keep him and trade someone else out. Maybe Tommy Talao. Going to go Tyrell Slane. Really like what I'm seeing from him. Now, my thoughts on Nico Hines is, look, I want him, but I've got to be patient. Fitzy did confirm he is back next week against the Dragons. I am cautious about picking him up straight away, particularly before they have a, a round six bye. It does give us a two-game sample of kind of where he's at, and I guess it is a little bit of a guessing game right now on kind of his restricted, how restricted he's going to be on the field. Also, given the amount of money, I think two games without injury also gives you a little bit more confidence to pick him up. So round seven, we're actually able to use three trades. So I think it might be a little bit easier to actually bring him in instead of kind of rushing it this week. Now it's a player charges. We've got fines for a stack of players. Maker Sevo, Mitch Moses, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Tanella Paseca, Josh Alloa, Michael Cheekham, Cody Walker, Fletcher Baker, Dylan Lucas, Jeremiah Nanai, Tamari Martin, Murata Niakore, Justin Olam, Tino, David Fafita, and there's probably, who knows what's going to come out of the two games from yesterday. Now, Jerome Hughes, he's facing one to two weeks for that grade two dangerous contact. The cocaine bear, Felice Cafusi, he's looking at missing three to four games. And Joey Manu, he's looking at missing one to two with a grade two careless high tackle. Injuries, Joey Manu again, swelling around that cheekbone, which is a little bit of a concern. Hamale Sele, huge HIA there, so hopefully he's okay. Shaq Mitchell, he did his foot. Matt Dory, we need to get a little bit more information on his knee. Jack Murchie, HIA, looks... Uh, actually, it was Sublux, actually, for from the physio, NRL physio for Matt Dory. Sorry to go back on that one. And uh, Mitch Barnett, neck. He's been cleared, but who knows? He might miss a week or two. Wade Egan, HIA. Ezra Man, knee. Daniel Saifidi, shoulder. Danny Levi, jaw. And then just I just literally listened to NRL physio's podcast, and he's thinking Adam Dewey is turf toe. And he was actually talking about a few performance issues there moving forward for Mr. Dewey. 
All right, to the games now. First game, Seagulls versus Eels. Now, Tommy Turbo, he's back in a huge way. Haters must be hating on this one. But I wish I had the guts like Andy did at the start of the season. He's going to add probably around 30K to around 660K. So I think it might be the last chance to actually get him at this value. He's looking very lively. Great touches. I love him sniffing around Schuster at the moment. He's only 13.5% owner at the moment. So I'm expecting him to be one of the biggest trades-ins coming in for this round. Now, he's currently averaging 1.5 tries and 1.5 try assists with 7.5 tackle breaks and 188 metres gained. So, after two games, I know that he's got a you know a history of injuries, but I think it can be a chance, despite the fact that they've got a really tough period coming up with Souths, then Newcastle, which isn't tough, then Penrith and Storm. So, three out of four games are relatively tough, so I think we'll get to see whether where Turbo actually is, whether that was an outlier season or whether he's back. But how good is rugby league when Tom Travojevic is going well? Now, look, if you're looking for a downgrade to raise some cash, I think you sh- your man might be Sean Kepi. Now, he's nicely priced, and I think he's thriving with that first man off the bench in their rotation. So he's got an average base of 24 tackles, 130 metres gain this year. So he's got a cheeky, he's got some cheeky base stats to really back up his potential. So great team bloke, and I really like what I'm seeing from him. Josh Schuster is a real interesting one. Kind of reminds me a lot of Cody Walker at the moment. Like he's laying on all the tries, and he's looking like he could play in the you know Harlem Globetrotters, but doesn't really have any base to really back it up. So you'd have to see base increasing there, but it's not really his style of play. So it might be an avoid for the time being. Waiting for an injury news to Matt Dory, but realistically, I think it's going to buy Cardi a little bit more time. So he could have a minimum maybe of three or four weeks. This guy could be somewhere close to 600000 by the time owners sell him. So great pick by the guys and girls that actually got on the Cardi party. But seriously, in a, in a real sense, how does Cardi, Greg, and Simonson make any other NRL team. So really big question marks on the for DBA there. Now, Hopgood. 20% of coaches actually backed him as captain. Looking back, this is the biggest schoolboy error that we've ever made. I think BA actually overplayed him for the first two rounds. And then he was looking pretty cooked in that game as well. So he had 12 demerits in a sloppy display. I can see him really working towards that 60, 65 minutes moving forward. Their current mid-rotation is really cooked. He gave... Paolo, five minutes on the sideline and seeing back out there. It's really just weird stuff coming from the coach as well. Ryan Madison is back this week. So whether they play him at the middle, they might have to play him on the edge if Dory's out as well. So it'd be very, very interesting to see, you know, team lists on Tuesday. Now, Will Penasini, now he's doing some great things at right centre. Now, there's a lot of chat around trying to get a secure centre, but realistically, he's averaging 45 against three teams of top eight caliber class, right? He's only scored one try in that as well. His base at the moment is 19 tackles, 135 metres, 3.7 tackle breaks, and 1.3 offloads. This boy is going from strength to strength. I think we've got a track. I wouldn't get him yet, but maybe after the Roosters game when they face the Tigers, Bulldogs, Broncos, Knights, and Titans in a row, he could be a very value proposition, especially if you want a really quality centre, especially someone with Parramatta having a very late bye. Black Book, none in this one. Now, Knights and Dolphins. Tom Gilbert is absolutely beasting at the moment, averaging 53. No doubt the leader of that pack. Getting out some really decent minutes, getting out some decent base stats as well. So if you do need to downgrade one of your heavy mid-rotations, he would be a very good consideration considering he's got that dual at the moment as well. I think he has actually pick of the dual mid-edges at the moment. Now, Ewan Aiken, he played outstanding at centre. It's probably the best game I've ever seen him at centre because he was unselfish. Set up two tries there for Azarko with some 
great balls. Look, you're not buying him anytime soon, but you know, with their depth being pushed, if they do kind of get another injury in that edge, he could easily be pushed back up there and then become a really good proposition for us in fantasy as well. Marky Nichols came back to the pack with an unusual 28 minutes only played. Strange, considering that Jared Wallace was out as well. A night side of things, really excited to get in, in about anyone but Leo Thompson. Eeyore was outstanding, but you know, at one stage they looked at the sideline and you had the likes of Man, Ponga, Elliot, Braley and Saifidi all sitting there together. So at the moment, the issue with the Knights is I just don't know how long all these guys are going to be out for. So even if you bring in one of their young players... It could only be for a few weeks, but with Eeyore, if you're going to make one little punt, I think it should be for Eeyore Thompson, because I think he's actually playing some really good footy, high 40s, and then a 50 to break for this week. Black Book, Thomas Kant, he was really good on debut, tidy little 34 in his limited minutes there, really heavy defensive performance, which included 29 tackles, two missed tackles. He had a turnover, though. He's only 20. Not overly massive, but he's a local junior. He's been with the club since he was 13 years old. So be on the lookout for Thomas Kant or Kant. I think that's how you pronounce it. Now, Roosters Rabbitohs, that's a really, really good game on Friday night. Colin, Keon Kolomatungi is the, easily the best edge in the NRL. Now, Freddie would be mad not to pick him this year. And I think Campbell Graham is slowly becoming the best centre in the NRL as well. Both play on the right, and the Souths are starting to favour that side as well. Really like what I'm seeing from the Roosters winger, Jackson Polo. Now, if he backs himself, he could become anything because his size and athleticism just... Yeah, and the thing is, he's playing outside Sam Walker and Joey Manu. So it's a great edge to be playing on. His dual status, now they're going into a buy, so they don't have to pick him up this week. But really, have a look at him kind of moving forward because if you're not looking to really overspend too much on these outside backs, he could be someone that I wouldn't mind having, especially if we're backing the Roosters to go on a bit of a run. Now heading in the buy, both Teddy and Manu, both fall behind below 700k. So, and both will have considerable break-evens on the return against Parry in round five. Now, Teddy just hasn't cracked it for a try yet. The rest of his game is pretty solid at the moment. 167 metres gained, one try assist, and 4.3 tackle break averaging per game. So, anything in the mid-600s, I think that would pretty much secure. If I can find the money for him, I'll probably get him. Now, Marnie will probably wait just a little bit longer. He's probably working into the season a little bit more. Again, his score could have been much higher. He dropped the ball over the line, and he also had a sin bin. So, if he gets... You know, that low 600s, he could be very, very juicy. The draw ahead after the buy, Parastorm, Sharks, Saints, and New Zealand. So I probably wouldn't be rushing into them. But against probably the Sharks, they've got a really good matchup against the Sharks for some reason. And yeah, the Saints and New Zealand obviously wouldn't mind having them again as well. Now, Tavita Totola is an interesting one. Great to see him back from his HIA. Punched out of 41 in 53 minutes. Was a little bit tentative, but it's good to see him get through those minutes. He has been knocked around over the last couple of years. I do expect him to build significantly over these next few weeks. Hopefully, his health can continue to stay positive. He loses around 36K to 539K. And with another break even, he big break even, he could fall under 500K, which I think anything under 500K, he presents a hell of a lot of value. Now, we saw lesser minutes for Shaq, who unfortunately copped an injury and Mawale. So that probably puts a pause on their money-making to a certain extent. Love what I'm seeing from Michael Cheekham. Scored a a 41. So even with the sin bin, which I felt he was pretty unlucky with, I thought Ken Murray should have been put in the bin instead. He had 41 tackles and 99 metres gain, which was great base. And he would have gone 80 minutes had not been for the sin bin. He's still presenting value. I just think that we need to see where Arrow sits before he's before buying him, unfortunately. So it's one of those things, if you're in already, like, 
yeah, you're, you're in a really good spot. But if you're not, it's still a little bit of risk there. Now, Egan Butcher is pretty much a trade now. A 31, 44, and 37. Look, he had to have scored at least 250s to keep him moving forward. News of Angus Crichton returning in the next maybe month or so. I think you can use that mid-500,000 elsewhere, particularly seeing that they've got a buy as well. Now, Cheese, he's got a new role from the bench, which I wouldn't surprise me if these tactics continue moving forward. Now, the last 20 minutes, I actually switched to Channel 9 because my KO was just all over the place in, in this game. Now, post-game, he revealed he doesn't actually have a rib injury, but a torn oblique. So, just looking for a bit of analysis from NRL Physio on that one. I've sent him that question. Now, best moment from Sam Walker was actually smashing Troll Mitt to force a turnover, which was great to see from the young fella. But shout-out to both young halfbacks who didn't have huge fantasy games, but was two good opposition defences as well. But I love watching these two guys around because I think they're going from strength to strength. Now, Black Book, the HIA to Hamley Sele is actually an interesting one because he's going to probably end up with a huge break-even. And over the next few weeks, he'll probably end up maybe low to mid-200,000. So if they continue, if they bring him back into the starting lineup eventually as well, he could be a nice little pickup for your emergency. So keep an eye on that one. Titans versus Storm. Now, Storm have serious issues at the moment. Their pack is just getting beaten up. They have a lack of creativity coming through the spine, which is forcing Grant and Hughes to play a little bit like they're trying too hard. So Hughes could be in a little bit of trouble, just waiting to hear a little bit on that shoulder charge. Now, young Pezzett, he was solid on debut, and Meany is solid, but they're no little pups and Munster. Walsh only played 32 minutes, so I'm not sure where. Maybe Belly's losing the plot a little bit in this one. Talking about losing the plot, on the other side, Justin Holbrook was losing the plot as well. He benched Forum and Fafita throughout the game and then replaced their best player on ground, Brian Kelly, to then move their smallest player, Campbell, into the centres. Now, the call on Forum was he looked beaten up, but then he put him back on. So I'm just confused by kind of his interchanges at this stage. Uh, Eli Katoa, he's looking very, very nice at this stage, way better than Liero. Now, I think this has a lot to do with Jerome Hughes and him just hitting the beautiful lines off him at the moment. But credit to Katoa, he's actually picked up his work great quite significantly. He's a great buy if you want to downgrade an expensive mid and maybe push Hopgood to the mid to cover that. Now, Liero, he just had some dumb moments. He's a very vanilla player. I'd say to hold him into the round 10 buy, then move on. I think not having Munster there is kind of hurting him a little bit as well. Now, Tino, probably one of the most massive letdowns of the year, playing huge minutes. He's got three offloads in his game, 145 metres gain, but how does a elite prop only make 21 tackles in 65 minutes? Now, elite props should have somewhere between a 30 and 40 if they're going to be playing this sort of output. Now, I get it's hot, but he's the leader of the team, and he needs to get down and dirty. So he could also be in trouble for a shoulder charge on Katoa. I would sell him and just move on. Now, Tanner Boyd, I thought was great for his 42. Spent 13 minutes off the field with a HIA. His hitting game was on point, and his goal kicking was first class. Now, I think just hold him as your half hooker cover on the bench. Now, Brimo, now he didn't have an outstanding fantasy game with 34 fantasy points, but he's doing himself a lot of favours in the race for the Origin fullback jersey, especially if Callum Pong is no good. Now, he had some great touches, and despite not, he did look like he picked up a slight leg injury, but he was a menace for the storm throughout. Now, I really like what I'm seeing from AJ. Don't pick him up in fantasy just yet, but on an actual NRL basis, he's playing great footy. Now, Khan Pereira, rewarded those who didn't panic after his awful round one. Now, the kid has some really good wheels, and I think he'll continue to make some cash. So, on the other side, Warbrick, I'm cautious against calling him out, especially calling him a complete dud, because even though he was schooled on other occasions, the ball's not really getting it out to him at the moment, and the Storm are getting beaten quite easily in the middle of the ruck as well. So, 
one thing he does need to get rid of is his demerits. He had 10 on the weekend. So when you're not scoring tries, you need to get rid of those. So I think he will be the number one player to move once Puppy moves back because, again, you'll probably... Yeah, it just makes sense that he'll be the first man out of that lineup. Now, Blackwork, Bronson Garlic again, he's super busy and energetic, so would be very interested to see what he's got if he ever started a game. Cowboys versus Warriors. Look, we have a huge New Zealand audience, so shout out to all the Warriors fans out there at the moment. Great, good, great to see them starting the season 2-1 and and going into their first home game in Auckland with a lot of momentum. Now, love what I'm seeing from Sean Johnson. This is the best he's played since probably, what, 2020 when he was right up there in Dallium and was the leading try scorer for the Sharkies in that year, for the whole NRL, actually. He looks lively, constant on the ball. He had 59 fantasy points without a try assist. Huge kick meters, and I love the return of his kicking game, putting his body on the line, both sides of the ball. Mate, I'm seriously considered buying him. Now, look, Adam Fanua Blake looks like the genie from Aladdin. Big shout-out to Aaron Nichols Mataiti. So he nicknamed him Aladdin. So I love that because he just looked like him. Now, if he could play like that every week, he'd be close to the best prop in the NRL. He was just busy, destructive, and the other guy I like is Jazz Tavanga. Probably the, my favorite fantasy player. Wish he played like 60 minutes. He'll probably rack up 70 fantasy points every week. Now, wait, Egan, unfortunately, he's probably going to miss the next game with that 11-day stand down. The only concern I've got with him, I know that he's scoring tries, but he's just getting knocked around and thrown around silly during these games. So could kind of be where he might need more than those 11 days because he's getting beaten up quite easily. Now, Tamari Martin, he looks great, very solid out there. Best he's played in the Warriors jumper, that's for sure. Set up a couple of pearlers and now could be trending in the right direction. Jewel does make him handy, but we need to see consistency from him. This is one game I don't want to just pick him up on a week that it could be an outlier game. Ruben Cotter for the Cowboys. He's a serious concern now. I actually think he might be a sell. That's back-to-back 40s. Unusual errors in his game. The big standout was the 55 metres gain. Why I say that is he's getting used as a decoy a lot. Now, this was very much like at the start of last season before they changed up the game plan a little bit. Now, spending 740k on someone averaging 46 is probably a little bit too high, especially when you're going head-to-head with people that have the likes of Carrigan, Haas, and Tarpany. So I'll consider moving him on. Now, Reese Robson, total gun, love him. However, Jeremiah Nanai is a total dud. For someone that got a huge contract like he did, to produce the performances he is in attack is quite embarrassing at the moment. With 20 minutes to go, he had four run metres and then finished with 43 run metres. He did a lot of defence, in his, in, again, in his defence, but realistically, if he's on 850 to 900, he needs to be up there somewhere between 100 and 120 metres running game every single game. Now, Helium Lukey, Healing Lukey, sorry, made a nice comeback from the bench. Now, keep an eye on him because I think a couple more weeks of them working him back in. We'll lose 17K to around 470K, but with a high break even coming next round, could get very juicy in the coming weeks because we still have no idea when Luciano's coming back. So it's going to be very interesting to see if Todd works him back in the starting lineup. If he does, he could be somewhere in that kind of high 300s, low 400s, which would present a lot of value. Now, Black Book, Little black, little little fullback from New Zealand, Tane Tua Tua Piki, I think that's how they pronounce him. Absolute gun, scored forty five fantasy points, Walshy style man. Eight tackle breaks, hundred and fifty meters gained. Like all rookies, he's got some serious issues in defence. But could this be the way that maybe the coach moves Chance to the centres? 
If he does, you'd be all over this bloke because this guy's got serious wheels. Helium Lukey, as I mentioned above, we've handy, especially if you missed out on Eli Katoa. Now moving to the Broncos and Dragons game. Now I put it all on the line with my call for Stagsy. If you didn't hit, this is a call if you didn't hear it. If you didn't hit 50, I was going to retire from fantasy and podcasting. Well, fantasy God, he answered the debate. Stags was brilliant through this one. He got a good little 66, I think it was in the end. Two tackle breaks, one try assist, five tackle breaks. Sorry, one, two tries. I'm too excited here. Two tries, one try assist, five tackle breaks, 153 metres gained for his 66. Was a missile also in defence. He just couldn't miss. Adam Reynolds, he's currently the form form half of the comp for me. Just his all-round skill set, but mostly his short and long kicking game is the best in the business. Strong in defence, running the footy, setting up tries, kicking goals. He's in my mind as a must-have for my team. Now, both Haas and Harry Carrigan... Played a little bit less minutes than expected. I think Kev is managing him a little bit now. So both under 60 minutes for this game. Now, a huge game against the Finns on Friday night, so I can't wait for this one. But Tommy Flegler, actually, I thought overshadowed them both. He was great. He scored 47 in 47 minutes. Prior to starting and was really eye-catching. So the Finns will be very pleased with that kind of signing. If we could get that from him every week, it would be one of the best props. Like Adam Fenor Blake, you just can't get consistency out of him week to week. Now, the Broncos... They were very impatient in that very that first half. That's why they fell, fell behind. Just silly errors, trying to score off every play. The team actually reminds me a lot of the Sharkies in 2016. We used to play a lot of cat and mouse with the team, and then we used to, the last 20 minutes, just find this level and then just bank them. And this is exactly what the Broncos are doing at the moment. Their second half was much better, a lot more patient, and then we started seeing you know, the likes of Eyeliner and Cobbo just really cut them up. Jack Birdie played 80 minutes, actually, in this one. Played a little bit of edge when BMM was hooked as well, so... That would be my only concern is I just don't know where he sits when Jack DeBellin, who's expected back next week, returns. Now, he got 47 fantasy points, all in base. Didn't have any tackle breaks, didn't have any offloads. So, a pretty good performance there in off by Birdie. Just, again, the concern comes from where he's going to lie because BMM was so bad in this game, he could easily find himself back on the edge. The good thing is, I don't think we're going to be finding him back in the halves anytime soon because Jaden Sullivan was fantastic in that sixth jersey. So, I think... He will continue in that. Hunt was very quiet with his 22. Just didn't get really going with that ball in hand. I thought Zach Lomax was actually really, really good. One of his better performances. Had a very unlucky try disallowed, just hitting the line there in a chase for a kick as well. His goal kicking was a disaster. He tried this new low tee, and I'm just not sure if he even practiced with it because he was striking the ball like an absolute novice for some reason, and he's obviously one of the best strikers in the NRL. Great to see Tyrell Sloan carving up. He had 44 fantasy points to be the Dragons' best on ground. Now, he'll be around 320k with a negative break-even, so I think he's a definite trade-in if you don't have him. Look, I grew up idolizing the great David Peachy, so this guy is literally Peachy in a clone. So I loved seeing him with a, you know, he looks like in a good mind space, had a really good half-time chat with Jake Duke, which, you know, he was just in a great, he was smiling and he was just loving his footy. So for a guy that's had some issues in the past, great to see him in a really good mindset. Now, Black Book, Sloan and Sullivan, I've talked up Sloan, I think you need to buy him. Sullivan, just keep in the book for now. What I really like was he actually took a lot of the kick meters away from Ben Hunt. So good to see him actually take some responsibility. So keep him in the book for now. He's at that low 300s at the moment, so no need to go rushing to pick him up, but definitely someone to consider if he gets his scores moving. 
All right, to wrap things up on the Sunday, we had the Doggies versus Tigers, and this was probably about 36 degrees. I felt sorry for the players out there. Now, Matt Burden, he's back in a big way. However, it was the Tigers, right? So 59 fantasy points with his great running game returning. Money actually had more kick meters than him, and he also moved the goal kicking to Flanagan. So that would be my concern. Plus, it is, like I said, the Tigers. So I think we'll need to three-date him before any thought of buying. He's kind of getting towards that good price, though, particularly if you want to kind of spread the cash across your squad. Now, Hayes Perham, he's kind of slowly working into the season. He's going to be a very handy cash. He made another 35K. I don't think it's too late to get him, and he's probably one of the better ones under 400k at the moment as well. Might be a last chance. Love what I'm seeing from Jacob Preston. He was slow out of the blocks for the first 20 minutes, but Jesus, he looks like a vet sometimes out there. We'll probably add about 70k, so performance like that just makes his job security even higher and higher. Alamotti was also very, very good out there. Look, he's showing some really silky skills at the moment, but doesn't have much speed, but he has a really good combination at the moment with that okay. Knocked out another 50 fantasy points, so that was really, really nice. A few demerits for Reed Marnie today, negative 14. So still pretty consistent, though, and if you do want an 80-minute hooker, he's the leader. Role security, I think he's definitely a man. The Dogs definitely did target the right edge at the start of Adam Dewey, or Adam Dewey sorry, and Bateman, given their injuries throughout the week. Dewey had a season-low 31 fantasy points. The halves, they're really having a real issue combining. They have never really played well together, and I expect something to change in this starting lineup moving forward. Wakeham actually played pretty good coming from the bench. I think their major issue is they have two 5.8s running the show at the moment, so maybe Wakeham can step in and actually be the number seven. Now, Bateman, he started on an edge, moved to the middle. He knocked out 67 minutes for 32 fantasy points. However, you could tell he was short of the run. Had one classy play, but dropped the ball over the line. Will only get better, but that price will continue to drop and break even. will get much higher, but you don't really want to touch him anytime soon. Now, Joe O was, was one of the finds of 2020 too, but he's finding himself playing 30 minutes. So I'm not sure if it has to do with that injury he carried or a little bit of fitness, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where that middle moves moving forward. Stefano was actually very, very good. He's got a 57 in 46 minutes, more of kind of what we actually expect from him every week, but he was busy in defense, which was a little bit unusual. So it might be an outlier game. So don't be sucked in for this week. You need to see a little bit more consistency from Stefano. Pole is another one that can hold his head up for sure. With Adam Dewey, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, especially with Nico Hines. Like they're both kind of well, one's injured and one's coming back from injury, so I wouldn't rush out Adam Dewey. But I think you should definitely monitor him over the next couple of weeks. Now to finish off, Raiders versus Sharkies. They pulled our pants down in this one. We got out the blocks very, very well as the Sharks. I'm talking about, but the Raiders really came back into this game. Really liked what I saw again. More from Jamal Fogarty in this one because he was kind of overshadowed there by Jack White in the first couple of games. But I thought their combination in this one really, really told in this one. So good to see Fogs back. He actually had 466 kick meters. So well more than what we're thinking. White only had 270. So it's good to actually see him take the lead role in that one. So Matt Tomoko, I love him. He's playing some good footy. One of the games of his career, really. He's got a try for tackle breaks, for offloads, 149 meters gain. Probably not going to be like this every week, but he's steady and he's playing some good footy on the right edge there. He's a mid-ranger with plenty of valuability upside, so definitely someone to consider if you're kind of not wanting to spend too much money in the outside backs. The horse, Horsburgh, he had a stellar performance. Not only the two tries that he scored, six tackle breaks, he most, the biggest thing is he's baiting of Royce Hunt in that scrum. It was beautiful when he got Royce put into the bin. So, choo-choo for the redheads there. Nicara, he was a man possessed out there. He's hit on Fogarty. He was close to the hit of the year. We're in a great line of Tricky Trindle as well. So, he was a real menace for the Raiders there. 
He's looking really, really good there. The bad and good news for the Sharkies, the goodies we're likely to see Nico Williams. Well, probably the way Fitz was talking in the press conference, pretty much definite. The bad is, unfortunately, probably going to be the end of Tricky Trindle. I think Tricky's going to go back to the bench in a utility sort of role. But still, he's a very, very good footballer. I don't see... I will be surprised if he's still at the Sharks next year. Another great performance, two try assists, great kicking game, including a 40 20 He did injure his ankle, and he gave Talakai possibly the worst attempt on goal I've ever seen by a first grader. He adds around 70k to about 390, so close to a tidy, what, 150, 140k there in the first three rounds. So, great little pickup for us and now time to put the funds elsewhere. Now, Hudson Young, he bounced back with a nice 55, was much more busy and not just angry. With an 83 break even, he actually drops 30k and if he can hit another 50 next up, he could be worth consideration, especially in the low 600s. Quality player. Now, CH Chen, very quiet game with only 24 fantasy points. Had a heap of demerits in this one. Not sure what makes, not yeah, not sure to make what what to make of Harley Smith Shields as he's struggling to break 25 average. Look, I'm sure there's pl- probably plenty of other fires that you can put out at the moment, so you might want to just keep him there. But in terms of like where you actually play him moving forward. If you can put another center in there, I think you should definitely do that. Now, unfortunately, Danny Levi he broke his jaw. Left Tommy Starling to show exactly what we know he can do. He had a blinder, 66 in 78 minutes, but will Sticky finally play there as 80-minute man? That's what I would be doing. Could be anything, but I bet Wolford is there come team list Tuesday. But if not, you might want to put a bit of a punt on Starlow. But again, it's that Ricky Stewart trust. Like, I just can't trust him. Now, I'm not sure what's up with Cameron McInnes. He was teacher's pet last year, but now can't get more than 30 minutes on the field. I think the Sharks need him out there longer. Goose of the round goes to Royce Hunt, who got baited in by the big red machine. So, yeah, really silly, but somehow the Sharkies did play better with 12 men. Now, Black Book for this one, only a small cabio, but we're great to see Trey Mooney get 10 minutes off the bench. He will need definitely needed for longer minutes at some stage. Super talented, so keep an eye on Trey. Now, just to finish off, Talking League is partnering with Game Day Squad to create our own own official fantasy league competition should commence this week that's what they're telling me so stay tuned to the socials and all the potties this week we'll give you more information on that one to celebrate we are giving 10k away over the next four weeks thanks to game day squad so get ready and register now for free at gamedaysquad.com.au or download the app now stay tuned like i said for our socials and our podcast during the weeks we'll give you all the updates and exactly how you enter that but get ahead of the pack and actually get your team set up today we'll be giving away 2500 each week for four weeks starting from tuesday so keep up up to date with our socials and podcasts for the official invite code to join our fantasy league and win. Register now for free at gamedaysquad.com.au or simply download the app. All right, guys, that was TK's playbook for this week. We'll see you on the TLT potty tomorrow, but uh, everyone have a great week and we'll check you soon.